In every coffee shop, library, co-working space, there are ascenders working tirelessly to achieve greatness in their chosen field. Entrepreneurs, authors, musicians, speakers, all soaring towards their definition of success. You haven't seen their names in magazines or history books yet. I'm James Darty, and this is The Ascenders. Jan Garduno is finally allowing herself to do what she wants to do. After reaching middle age, Jan looked back on what was missing and decided to move forward and work just as hard or harder than someone in their 20s. She opens up about the struggles of feeling like she is running out of time, her father's dementia, and learning to forgive herself. She is currently back in school and starting a wellness program for women who are afraid of asking for help. If you are worried about running out of time, be inspired. Here is my talk with Jan. No, I'm originally from Jamaica. Oh, wow. Actually. So I'm not, um, I'm a citizen, but I wasn't born here. So I was born in Jamaica. My parents, our family migrated to the U.S. and took their family with them. Um, and here I am. Do you know why they moved here? Um, like many family that's trying to um, have a better life for their um, family. Um, you know, that's, I, I guess that's, I've never really physically or sat down and speak with my mom, my dad of, you know, the decision, but I'm sure it's understood coming from a third world country. I mean, a Caribbean country wanting to go to the U.S. The main objective is to provide a better life for your family. So it's not something that I really have sat down and asked and talked about, but um, it's understood. It's an understood statement. A lot of people in our um, community at the, um, was either migrating to the U.S. or to England. Um, so. So, wow, U.S. or England. So how do they do you know how they chose which one to go nope. to no just nope. uh, i guess what whatever the availability was as i said i've never really sat and spoke to but i guess um what the availability was mm-hmm. um i know what my dad it was on a um what i do know that was it was on a work permit work program so i'm very um that's one of the reasons um that i am so caught up, not even, I wouldn't say caught up, but I'm very passionate about um, work programs and um, how um, workers are treated when they Mm -hmm. get um, to hear whether they're coming from um, South America or they're coming from the Caribbean or whatever. It's, 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 it's a very muddy area that I need to know a little bit more about what I do know about it. It's, it's very challenging and I really give um, my 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 dad actually a lot of credit for sacrificing you know i really haven't even talked to him about some of the things that he may have gone through which now that i'm talking about it maybe something i need to add to my list since you know if i really do need to you know bring that up if something that he'd want to talk about or share um so yeah um talk about my dad but i I don't know it probably is going to be sooner than later because i don't know if you remember um, I shared earlier in the in one of the sessions that he has dementia. He was diagnosed with dementia. Oh wow! Um, so he's not. It's not like he's he's cognitive now, um, but you can. He does have some cognitive de- decline. Um, 
but it's not that he's he doesn't know us yet it's not that it's not there we have some memory issues so maybe some of the now is the time to really get to um some of the answers if i need to yeah now it's the time to... it's not something that i've as i've you know really talked about at the dinner table when we're growing when we were here we knew it was just a hard life he just a hard he just had to work he mm. didn't have college education so he had to work to provide for his family so anyways i digress um so that's how um we got here um and um he moved I was in Texas and he, I lived in Houston for a number of years and then I met my husband there with boyfriend um and um how I moved to Colorado he's a native my husband is a native of Colorado so that's how I moved to Colorado and I love it I compared to Texas there's no comparison oh, yeah. hot <laughs> and humid and Oh, I, 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 there's nothing about Colorado. I don't, even when it's hot, like today, today is very hot. We have the air on and windows closed because it gets really hot sometimes mm. in the summer. Today's one of those days. I can tolerate that anytime over a cool day in Col- in Texas. <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> I will. That's it. The winter sports of Colorado yet, not that it's on my bucket list. If I don't, it's okay. I enjoy what's already available. So, Absolutely. There's a lot to explore in Colorado. I know yeah. so many people who are, that's the dream. I grew up in rural Virginia, which has a lot of mountains too, but nothing like Colorado. So going back to, uh, I guess, life in Texas, when you were, what, you know, five, 10 years old, what did you want to be? When I was five or 10 years old, I was still in Jamaica. Okay. I'm- I moved to Houston when I was in my early 20s. Cause oh, was, okay. So you were basically an adult. I had one more year in college in Jamaica. And you know, when you get that, um, you probably w- you wouldn't be able to relate, but um, I remember when we got approved to come here and we got our visas in Jamaica. And um, my teacher, Miss Blake, <laughs> at um, college because I had one more year before I graduated and she said you need to just go I told her we're leaving and she said you know she had some I wouldn't say she was happy for us but she as far as education wise she said I would rather you come back go and come back and finish and get your degree before and then but um, no Janet wanted to you know go to the land of you know (laughs) milk and honey as they used to say um and now i looking back i wish i had i had i had explored that more because it it not doing that really hampered a lot of um traction that i could have made in my life because it's almost like i had to start all over let's just Mm. say a lot of my courses weren't um well none of my courses um, were transferable as far as credit wise. So it's like I had to start all over again. So that was a little bit depressing, um, challenging, but um, I ended up doing it. It took a long time because again, we didn't have, you know, the resources. And to answer your question, what did I want to be when I grew up? <laughs> you know, growing up, it's, it's not like that, that was a conversation at the dinner table. You know, you do your homework, you do your, you know, it's, it's totally, it's a totally different um, environment. I don't know how to explain that. Yes, you were encouraged to, you know, I got, I got A's in school. I was, you know, a fast learner and I was an A student, but to say, okay, 
your parent says you should do this or this because of this that was not a conversation so in a sense for me i basically mirrored what i saw and in my what i saw in my neighborhood um, at the time were a lot of teachers a lot of nurses um, because at the time we had nurses that came growing up in rural jamaica where i was we had midwives that comes around the, 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 to deliver babies, or you know, you had the, the neighborhood pharmacist or the neighborhood doctor. So that was what you saw. So I was limited to either be a teacher, <laughs> if that's the case, or to be, um, to be a, a nurse. I remember growing up, um, I used to play school and the trees in our backyard were my students. That was weird. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. So it was so funny. So what I wanted to grow up, I, I don't know if I was, if I had been exposed to all the other options, if I'd, um, if I would have chosen to be a, te to be a teacher. Not that I'm a, I'm a teacher now, but it's, um, I don't know. I, here I am past my prime as far as corporate America and I'm still I don't know what I want to be when I grow up I still I know um it's still in been in management and that's where I've my career has um you know propelled me per se mm -hmm. um I did eventually go back to college start all over I got my MBA um started I got my associates first and I went and got my other uh, my uh, what do you call those undergrad mm -hmm. Because um, that's a different terminology that I had to understand. And then I got my MBA. Um, many, many, many dollars in student loans um, later. Um, <laughs> here I am trying to figure out what it is next I'm going to do with my life. Um, so um, I know it has to be in somewhere in management because I like processes. I like to solve situation problems, which um, I'm sure the universe have led me to now doing my PMP certification i think everything that i've gone through in my life all the ups mostly downs have led me to this moment to do project management and i pro i wish I, I wish i did that i'd focus on that after my undergrad first because it would have really probably solved a lot of um trying to figure out what career i want to go or where what job i want to go for and stuff like that so yeah so i guess I talk a long roundabout way of <laughs> what I wanted to do. There's a lot going on, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, talk a little bit more about the middle there. So um, what did exactly, what path did you explore back when you finished or when you uh, were going to school in Jamaica and then came here? Yeah, I mean, when I came here, you either you have to go find a job. You had to mm. work, pay for, you know, living expenses because, you know, poor families, not like we had, you know, resources just laying around we had to chip in and i being the oldest of the family the oldest kid oldest child um i took that took on that responsibility while it was not implicitly told that i had to do it you see the signs around and you know that's what you had to do mm. it wasn't like you know don't go to school or don't go to college you had to find a job it wasn't like it was a conversation but you saw the need and you that was the way you that was the way that you think you could contribute. Um, so got a job doing, you know, started out in, in, um, in retail and I hated every minute of it. 
literally hated it. Um, then I did telemarketing. I hated that. And I'm like, can somebody throw me a bone, something, because <laughs> this is not working. And um, one of my telemarketing job, I met a girl and she, um, she has been friends for a long time. I don't even know where she's right now. But anyway, she was in college and we started talking and she was telling me about another company that, um, that she's going to go to work for. It was better. And I started working for them. I started with them and I was working with them for 10 years and that have helped me along because it helped me with, I got a lot of promotion. I got a lot of responsibility. So I was started on the phones. Then I became a manager, um, and was there for 10 years. I was a, a project manager with, for one of the largest clients for them. Yeah. Um, and I did that for many years. I loved it um, until they lost the account and the company went out of business. Um, well, during that time, I was um, trying to figure out what I'm going to, I'm like, I have to go to school. I have to get my, um, my undergrad or something. And they had um, a student program, not a student program, um, education program or whatever you call it, where you, they'll pay for they'll your pay school for your... School mm-hmm. reimbursement, but you had to pay for it up front. And if you get your A's or whatever, they had criteria A or B or whatever the, the grade was, they'll, you'll get reimbursed for that. Nice. They did that for a while until, you know, we, I could see the writings on the, the wall because when we weren't getting my check back to pay for the school, I could see that I, in hindsight, it was an indication the company was going under and I didn't, couldn't figure that out. And then they, once they got, um, went out of business, um, I had finished college through student loans for the rest. And then um, when they went out of business, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? Because I was still working for them. So I said, let me just go ahead and get my MBA. Because I thought, I thought, society tell you, the more degrees you have, the more educated you have, the higher chances of getting a better job paying (laughs) Because the sources that I wanted to have enough resources to take care of my family. So the next logical thing was to do was to get my MBA. Another thousands of dollars in debt. <laughs> Student was, wasn't paying. I mean, company wasn't paying for that because I was working at the time. Um, I got my MBA. Um, and then after I got my MBA, I got a job with Comcast Telecom. And um, first large company that I started working for. And I thought that would here I am with a company that has resources I thought I stayed there for many years um, had the opportunity to, to to get promotion and to get another job you know learn the business or whatever I did to some certain extent and it's a conversation for another convert podcast because it's not as easy as it seems mm. and um, so I did, a, for them, I did some project management with mostly communication, internal and external communication for internal for their, for their, our customer, for our um, um, employees, whenever there's a project launch or service launch, we were, our team was responsible for doing the uh, marketing campaign um, to, to, um, to get that done. So I did a lot of that and was really, I really enjoyed that um, through a lot of, um, team migration or you want to call and reorg is the word i'm looking for reorg i ended up on a team that had to do with some form of communication but it was 
it had to do with um, customer and uh, not retention. So it wasn't retention. It was upgrade, upgrade, okay. upgrade communications. Um, did a lot of direct marketing for them, and mm-hmm. then an opportunity came up to do. Um, customer experience because that's also one of my greatest passion is doing customer experience like how how does my service or my product or whatever I'm doing how does that influence the consumer how do, how do they feel about what I'm putting out where do you think um, that comes from that passion I think that comes from me I think you know looking back I think that is how I how I was brought up I guess because my mom again we talk about you know, we didn't have a lot of resources, but I never knew that mm-hmm. we were poor. Sam, Sam, that was my grown up too. I never knew that I was poor because my mom never lived in that space of like, yes, I knew we didn't have all the gadgets and the cars and all the other stuff that the other pe- people have, but we never feel that we were less than because I never went to bed hungry. We always had something to eat, even if it wasn't something that you want to eat. <laughs> Your belly was always full. Yeah. So, and so I always, so even with that, I saw my mom made me feel that I was the only person in the room. That I always felt good with my mom. She taught me a lot. She taught me how to cook. Not that she's, and it wasn't something that was forced on me that, Janet, you need to come in the kitchen to learn to cook. It was just something that I loved to do because I saw her doing it. Mm. And I saw how you know, when she cooked or when she baked or when she, she was a dressmaker and when she made clothes for the for people in our community, how the people felt when they put on their, and how I felt when she made my uniform because she made my uniform to go to school. So I think that was, that was where it came from. Just um, the experiences that I, that I had coming up, um, you know, isn't that magical looking back? Just because I think exactly, about that with my mom it too. Never, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't something that said, "Okay, if you do this, if I'm going to make the uniform for you, and you're going to feel good because you're going to have a new uniform going to school." Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. But looking back right now to answer your question, why customer experience? Because I know how, what it feels like to have something that makes me feel good. Mm, I love that. And if you know, and if a customer is going to pay me a hundred and average a month for cable, internet, and um, phone. You I better be get. I better have a good experience with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. So that's basically why I say, okay, well, what is the customer apart from the services? How do they feel about the company? How do they feel about the product? So I really enjoyed that. But you know, like most companies, they don't see the immediate return on customer experience, so they do not. It's, it's not a budgeted line item per se, like acquisition or retention. Although customer experience falls under all of that umbrella, retention and acquisition. But for some reason, I think companies now, they're getting a little bit better, but because they don't see, it's not, a, it's not an immediate re- return. They don't see the immediate ROI. So they don't think it's it's a good and it's worth investing focus on the money focus on the customer focus on getting new customers and everything else will take care of itself that's not true yeah i completely agree. i think people definitely conversation <laughs> um, for itself i think so a anyway, lot more companies um, need that mindset that you have about treating the customer yeah so that's what i that's where i know that my passion lives so i'm still trying to figure out okay how can i take 
my and which is one of the things I wrote down in my um, in my um, journal is how can I take my um, my my love for customer experience with this project management that I'm doing now to bring value to that next customer or the next company that I'm going to work for. Um, not just to do projects because the company want projects, but I want to be able to be more intentional of the projects that I work on. Mm -hmm. Does it bring value not to the company bottom, only to the company bottom line, but what does it do for the customer? So I'm all about the customer journey. I have a, I have a, I wouldn't say she's really my mentor, but she's somebody that I leverage a lot of conversations with. And um, she does do a lot of customer journeys. So as after customer, after project management, I think we'll see that's where I want to land in, you know, the customer journey part of project management. Love that. So I'd love to hear more about kind of your identity as a person, like, uh, you know, growing up to make a moving here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like a lot of what you've done is to take care of your family. Let me get this MBA. Let me get this undergrad. Let me, jump into this where was uh where was your the discovering of your identity during all this and what you wanted to be and what you wanted to do oh that is so interesting i i i guess me for me was never a thought i wasn't thinking about myself i was just thinking about how can i what i have is going to be of value to somebody else whether it's Mm -hmm. my brothers or sisters or my company or my husband or somebody else but not me it's just lately, lately, when I say lately, I mean lately, <laughs> that I'm like, I am intentional. Okay, what is it that Janet wants? What is it that I want? Because I'm so busy trying to do everything for everybody else mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm always a second thought. Not that he's a selfish, so now I'm trying to be very intentional about feeding me and um, that's one of the reasons why I do that MBA and the, uh, my project management because I said, okay, got laid off again for COVID. I need to do something for me. I'm not going to sit here and wallow and worry and stress about no job. I'm going to pay for my mortgage or mm-hmm. I'm going to pay for my, co- I, I made, it, I made a, a very intentional effort not to do that because I know that it doesn't help. To worry about things I have no control over. So I Absolutely. had to figure out. And when it's so funny because how I came up with, I mean, how I came up, how I came up across um, um, Alex's book was so surreal because it was along those paths of trying to figure out me that I found um, um, Alex. It was a long way of finding, finding the third book. Um, the third door book mm-hmm. and I read it and I'm like okay so Janet you've been waiting for door one and two forever mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened so you have to figure out what your third door is going to look like and my third door right now is trying to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my life for for me that feeds me which is where the customer experience customer journey and project management comes in and on a personal level I've, I'm all into wellness apart from gardening so I'm hoping, and I'm putting that out in the universe, speaking out loud, although it's in my journal, to get my, my um, wellness de- um, certification because I want to have a wellness um, group for women like me because I'm sure I'm not the only one in my position. 
And I wish I had, and when I read, read Alex's book, I said, I wish I had his um, mindset at age 19. Same. Because I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> that was the last thing on my mind. Yes, we went to, we went to primary school. I don't remember we had a career, um, career day where we had anybody come in like a doctor or a nurse or whomever to share with us what their lives would be and it's something that I could try to do. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, I, don't, I was talking to my sister the other day and I'm like, I don't remember having that. I don't remember, what is a career day for me? <laughs> you have to figure it out, figure it out. Um, sometimes you can be lucky and you have somebody in your life, family in your life that can steer you in the wide path or you may have a teacher that likes you and help you. Um, or you figure, try to figure it out. And I'm still trying to figure it out. I love that. Are I'm you excited? Are you excited? Are you scared? <laughs> A lot of emotion, but I'm not, we, you know, not to be scared. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, some, <laughs> you, you know, it's hard. Those. You have to embrace <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic because I'm doing, I'm, I'm investing a lot of time for me. So I'm hoping that works out. Meaning I'm doing this 40 day, a mentoring session with Alex and then there are some evenings when I'm dog tired because I've been studying. I mm-hmm. just went to a boot camp with for my project management was eight hours every day on the phone mm. um, five days but I never missed a class with Alex because I know that that part was from my soul that I wasn't going to get from you know other classes. Absolutely. So I'm investing a lot of that. I do my journaling. I do a lot of these challenges. I just finished the, the homework he gave me and let me tell you, it's, it's, sometimes it doesn't make sense when you're doing it, but at the end, some part along the line, along the way, the light bulb will happen. He said that and I did not believe it. Because Ooh. I went 15 days of writing down all my fears and trust me, I was up to 25, 26 fears. Because as soon as they come up in my head, I was writing them. Some of them were repetitious, mm-hmm. you know, and so I had to like... Um, I had to like put them in categories, you know, and, and then the other, and, and then, I mean, I'm digressing because we're talking about what I do for myself. Um, I, I do a lot of, I'm intentional every day. I do between one to two hours of my, in the first thing in the morning, where um, whether I do, I go running or I walk and um, I listen to self-help, self-help podcasts. So Mm. those are my, my early morning are my hours, my time. It's, it's non-negotiable, whether it's weekends or weekday. Um, when did all so that yeah, start? I don't know if I'm scared. I think um, because I have no control of what the future is, but I'm just trying to be ready for what that is. Um, Oprah made um, said, I think one of her one of her sayings. Um, it's better to be, to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than have an opportunity and not be prepared. Mm. So I'm using this time to be prepared for what the workforce is going to look like. i tell you the truth. I got laid off in April, Jennifer, March, April, April. Yes. April, April 3rd. And I have not cried once cause I'm not scared for work because I, I just figured that it's going to work out. If I lose my house, so what? 
I can always, <laughs> there are other options, you know what I mean? Um, That's powerful. I know it's probably very, um, I talk about that to my parents, they'll probably say, well, that's not very, um, you know, not respect, not, um, I don't even know the term they'll probably use, like you're not being serious or whatever, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think things will work out. So I'm using this time to get finish uh, my training, do my exam, and then I look for a job. Something will happen. I don't know what that looks like. I really haven't. I know I put in my book that I really want to work close to home. I don't want to drive like I used to before I was driving on the highway here. It's crazy. I want to work close to home. I, there are four things I put in there. I want to work close to home. I want to work for a company that feeds my soul. I just don't want a job. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and and somebody, companies say they have open door policy. Do you really have an open door policy? <laughs> what does that mean? You need to live whatever your mission statement or whatever you put out there. And so those are my next job. These are some of the things I'm looking for. Um, it could be a nonprofit organization or it could be a small company. I don't know, but I'm putting that up in the universe of what I want and hopefully the universe will respond to me. Absolutely. Where did uh where did the spirituality practice start for you? <laughs> um, it's so funny that you say that because I grew up um, in Jamaica, so we were Christians. We go to church mm. more than we go to school, or equally. But I didn't. I grew. Uh, but the more I, ever since I came to the United States and I was exposed to a lot more, I realized that it's not only one way to be a good person are to live the life that that's meaningful um so i have moved away from the religion part of it and more spiritual part of it i do a lot of meditation i do a lot of yoga um um, because i've started doing this radical self-care you're asking me because i wasn't taking i was really not saying taking care of myself but i'm always thinking about somebody else before i think about me so i was more intentional now this radical self-care for janet Love that. So, uh, really, I guess it's about to answer your question. I think it was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, my spirituality, I it's just you know evolving now. Love that. I mean, I read, I read um, when things fall apart by Pima. Mm-hmm. And, That's next on my um, list. It it is so good. It's such an easy. I've got the audio. I was listening when I walk because I do a lot of walking or running in the mornings. Um, and um, I said, I need to get the physical book so I can write it in there. So I ordered the book and I have it. And I'm like, I'm interested in her right now because she, she really shared life, ex- talk about life situation in a practical, non-judgmental, non-religious manner. It's all mm-hmm. about principles. And I said, I think I want to explore more what that Buddha looks like, what, that, what Buddha principles look like. So... It's on my list of things to do. So that's my other evo- um, evolution of spirituality. My mother, like praying for me, like I pray for you because she's all, bless you, bless your heart. So, anyway. Talk about the challenge Alex gave you. Um, I don't remember exactly which one it was. Um, yes, it was. I remember the day. It's in my head, June 2nd. Oh, wow. That must have meant a lot. The, the topic was, do you remember the topic? June uh, 2nd? June 2nd. 
Don't look. Don't you I'm go looking. back and look at your notes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, you, you said, go back and look at your notes. Was it insecurities? Was it fears? Time. Time. That was one of the more important ones for me too. Time. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord Jesus, time for me. So I told him, I, I, was, I had the question, I said, how my question is how do i keep from feeling that time is running out for me mm. running out for me meaning for to accomplish the things that i want because i'm motivated i'm motivated by accomplishments and achievements or you know i've got good college get my degree or i do this course i get a certification or do this you know what i'm all i'm motivated by that doesn't mean that it has to be Lasted over um, on the bill on billboard, but that's how I feel motivated when I have achieved something. So my fear is that time's gonna run out for me, and I'm not gonna get to where I want to be in corporate America. What corporate America looks like, job-wise, or to get the prestige. I don't necessarily have to have a corner office. I don't care about that. But how do I get the recognition like I run a project, I manage a department, I am the person that they rely on for questions or if they have issues, they come to my, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. what I see for myself. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. Hmm. And that's when Alex says, <laughs> I have a project for you because I'm rooting <laughs> for you and time is not running out. So that's when he gave me that project and I'm like, 50 days of writing down all my fears. And let me tell you, facing your fears is scary. You ask me if I'm scared? Facing my fears, because you had to date your fears. Remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that, was... that was hard. <laughs> that was hard. Okay. And I'm like, you are a real person, Mr. Fear. And I'm calling Mr. Not necessarily as a man, but I'm just saying Miss Fear or whatever. <laughs> you are real. Fear is real as today is Monday, June 28th. Mm -hmm. 9th. June 29th. It <laughs> is real. And to write down all the fears, one of the fears that I wrote down, which really got me, uh, was fear that fear of my dad's disease progressing and he won't know us because I talk to him every day. We have my dad and I, we have good relationship we love music together like father's day and stuff They're always getting music we do a lot of history jamaica history where music is concerned because that was is his passion and it's part of mine too and i'm like that's gonna be my greatest fear is he's not gonna remember me that's scary and that is scary and i don't have an answer for it right but what I did throughout the process, as I said, was I categorized my fears. After categorizing them and I put in there, what are some of the fears that you have that you can control? Fear of not losing weight. I can control that because I can go on a starvation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but fear of my dad um, not knowing us. The disease is what it is. It's going to happen. But what I can do right now to prepare for it, and I have some things that I've written down and talked to my siblings about, is how to maintain our memories, put it in on digitally, 
so that when that happens, we can go through those pictures together with him. That's beautiful. Wow. So anyway, so after the 15 days, then the 10 days I had to, the next 10 days I had to journal every day about when um, faith, because you have, when you have the fear muscle, you have to build up your courage muscle. So how was courage instrumental in any of my achievements that I've had over my life? And that took a lot of work because you had to go back and do a lot of you know, research in your head. What has happened in my life and what adversity did I, because nothing, I've, I am at my age right now, there's nothing in my life that I've gotten easy. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Was, nothing, was there... to, nothing was handed to me. There was mm -hmm. no like, here's a job because, you know, I, my dad knows this guy that owns a company and we can get you this job. There was nothing like that. Everything I had to work very hard for hard and a lot of you know mistakes i could write a book of mistakes um but some of the achievements that i've had or all the achievements i've had it was through perseverance because i remember when i was going undergrad i had three jobs while going to school and I still had a 4.0 GPA. Wow. Oof. Still had. Uh, when, I do my, when I did my MBA, I was close to a 4.0. I was 3.96. And I'm like, why did you take off a 0 0.04? Please tell me why. <laughs> at that point, it was no longer important to me like that because at that point, GPA was not important to me because, you know, it's not like I was, you know. But anyway... So I wrote a lot of those about that. I wrote about, um, most recently is I've always been, and it's still funny, I'm first, I'm verbalizing it. I've always been a chubby kid. I'm still chubby, but I've always been a chubby kid. I've always had issues with overeating. Same. And it's still, it's still a struggle for me, like, that I need to only eat if I'm hungry, not because it's there. I don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. I'm exactly the same way. Also, what's that? I'm exactly the same way. And <laughs> we all struggle with that. And yeah. it's so funny because I'm writing now. So that was one of the things that I'm writing that courage is helping me that I am days when I'm successful to not overeat. You know, sometimes you eat when, you're when you finish eating or when you're eating, your stomach is hurting mm -hmm. and you're still eating. Still going. Yeah. Cause it's right there in front of you. Exactly. So, so I've been intentional about that and that has really helped me. So these last 10 days, Alex doesn't know what he did, but this is really, cause I've never really had to confront some of those issues because you just go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. But when you have to be intentional on writing down those things, it makes you, it, it helps you to make different choices. What was the biggest surprise you found? That I have everything in, within me to be successful. Love that. I don't Absolutely have to. True. I don't. And I basically, that's it. I have what I need to be successful. And I just need to speak up more for myself because that was also one of my, my, my um, area of opportunity is I always is waiting for other people to validate me. 
whether it's in school or work or personal, you just want somebody to say, oh, Jet, you're doing a great job. Let me give you this promotion. Mm -hmm. You, you want to do this other project because I see you over here working so hard, coming to work early, leaving late, over, you know, and that never happened. So I have to realize that I have to be the person that be my own advocate. Because if I'm going to wait for somebody to do it, I'll be dead <laughs> and gone and never happen. So those are the two ma ma main things that I've, um, well, it's more than two, but the, for this conversation is that I have everything within me to be successful because it's all in my mind. It's my mindset, whatever my mindset is that mm, I want to do. Absolutely. And then, um, and I don't have to wait for people to validate me and I have to just forgive myself for all the bad things I've talked about myself over the years that I can't do this I'm not good enough or you know or whatever all those bad self-talk that we've 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 done I've done I have to forgive myself for that and say I've been just horrible to me and if other people were talking to me like that I would not tolerate it mm -hmm. right I would exactly so why do I talk to my about myself like that Exactly. So. One of the best things I've heard, uh, I think it was Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, is he's like, take your inner voice, pretend it's your roommate sitting on next to the couch with you and listen to the crap they're saying. Would you ever hang out with them after hearing the stuff they're saying? No. Exactly. You kick them out after 45 minutes, but we, we <laughs> seem to just put up with our inner voice for, because it's there, because we feel like we have to. Exactly. Yep. So I've been intentional with a lot of things um and i know that sometimes when we when we make these radical change and it's not like you you set out to do it but it just evolved that sometimes people are going to come into your life that was meant to be in your life mm -hmm. and then people are that are was in your life is gonna not be in your life because they shouldn't be in your life in the first place do you remember that um that um exercise that we did with Alex when he did the swim, the swim, sink or swim for friends, for your friends, swim away from your oh, friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have learned, I'm like, okay, it's okay to swim away from people, Janet. It's okay mm -hmm. to swim away from people that does not bring any value to you. You're chasing them for what? Because you want them to validate you. You want them to, you want to be in their circle or you want them to tell you want them to tell you that you are just this great person. No, you don't need friends for that. Mm -hmm. And I was the one who was thinking that that you know. And if somebody don't call me, I feel bad. Like why don't you call me? And and no, if you don't call me, your fingers work just like mine. <laughs> I love you that. Have Ten digits just like mine. That's right. It's two way street. If you don't, want, if you don't have space in your life for me, it's okay. I'm not mad at you. Mm -hmm. I just will find other people or be more friends with myself and I will get the people that's supposed to be in my life. So Amazing. You know, the cloud, he gave us so Alex gave us so many nuggets, the cloud and the sun. I know. When I just, look at that list and I'm like, I have stayed in the cloud for too long. <laughs> get out. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't bring any value to my life. Why am I wasting my time? Why? Because I only get to go around this circle one time. I don't get exactly. a do-over in life. Exactly. I will never be, I'll never come back as Janet. There's no reincarnation. Sorry for other people believing that. 
you get a one chance in life. So I have to be intentional with the rest of time that I have left here. So it's never too late. That's exactly. Who knows? Uh, Maybe that's the title of my book. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> Oh. I know that I want to get uh, my wellness certification. I am also part of Girl Trek and they have those courses. Through COVID, a lot of things were put on hold, but I have I've signed up for when it resumes. And, and if I get my certification, that's the other thing. I want to do wellness program for, for women like me. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of women. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm sexist, but there's a lot of women that need help. And they don't want to ask for help because they will look like a failure. They'll look weak. Right here. Mm. So I'm like, I want to have that an, uh, a, a space for women, whatever they're struggling with, whether it's their career or whether it's health, trying to take over their, their um, making better choices. I want to be that avenue for them. Love that. So what would that look like? Would that be groups? Would that be one-on-one -on -one coaching? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like because I have so much things right now. It could be, it could be both. It could be one-on-one. -on -one. It could, I mean, it could cover a whole bunch of that. I know I also want to do something for patients that have dementia um, mm. because that's also a space that I always say, I mean, I hope that I never get it because can you imagine getting to the point where you don't remember? It's terrifying. I am sure my dad is scared. Yeah. But um, what I do know that um, I send him packages every once a month. And I remember you, you heard me say that um, on one of the calls. Mm -hmm. And he looks forward to those packages. The last package I sent him was with, I bought him this blanket. Um, and it's something that I create. I just went on Amazon and whatever I see that would, you know, would reflect what I'm feeling or what energy I want to give him, I order it. Um, um, I, it was a blanket that had like some nice words like compassion or warm hugs or just Aww. those little texts that he can read those. And I said, when you're using that blanket, just think of me. Yeah. You know, like and I hug. want, so those are things that I'm like, okay, he's in Texas. It's hot as hell, but he loves blanket. Don't ask, <laughs> he loves, you know, but, um, those are things that I'm like, how many patients that are going through what he's going through right now? that don't have those resources. Absolutely, yeah. I so, can't imagine. I don't know what that um, nonprofit will look like for that. So anyway. I, I mean, it's needed. It's it's coming from a place of love. I think it's fantastic. I mean, wow. Because that is something that people don't want don't to look at is uh, it's dementia becomes one of those just scary things that we don't want to think about. Just the idea of and losing yourself and losing your family. Right, and they do suffer in silence because nobody wants to talk about it. It's yeah. almost like that disease. It's, I mean, everybody's talk. Oh, I have, you know, they can talk not to say that they, they, you know, they, it's frivolous to talk about any other disease. Like I have cancer. I went through this disease, um, train, um, um, train, um, treatment and I came out of this, but nobody can say that I have dementia. I go through this treatment and I came out and I'm, I'm dementia yeah. free. You never are. Once you get it, you got it. You know? That is true, yeah. So, uh, It's like a death sentence to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I have been also intentional about what I eat. So now I'm eating a lot more. I'm doing a lot of research about 
what are the food, the right food and right food combination to eat to feed my brain, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so if, if that's something that I'm going to have, I can prolong it for as long as ever <laughs> or it never comes. So. Uh. Yeah, this was this was fantastic. Um, we got into a lot <laughs> of really great things. You brought too much out of me. I didn't know I was going to talk about all the <laughs> Good, so that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Um, so our good friend Keyshawn, he taught me this. He taught me something called the greatest gift, which he learned from a group called Exchange. And the greatest gift you gave me today was just mm. the beauty of understanding that it's never too late, and mm. to understand that you can always do what you want to do and be who you want to be and face your fears because i feel like people i know for me i'm turning 30 in next year and people think that's that's a death sentence in itself right just thinking we turn 30 oh my it's God. over i've been there done that <laughs> i've passed that i could be your mother <laughs> <laughs> let's just say age-wise but so yeah knowing, it's never too late it's never too yeah. late and i'm i'm, I'm i didn't i, I wasn't I, i'm not saying I, I got this all figured out i'm still figuring it out of course you know, i'm figuring it out and um through self-discovery i found the uh, morning miracle which is through the morning miracle i found the third door with alex and i have no regret i think where i am right now everything that has happened in my life was exactly what's supposed to happen i love that i love that because it's just you you there's always hope always hope there's always puzzle pieces that can be put into place If you like this, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. It really helps others find us. Now, the greatest gift you gave me today is your time, attention, and open mind. Keep ascending. <laughs>